Welcome to the Best Hour of Their Day podcast with your hosts, Jason Fernandez and me, Jason Ackerman. With more than 20 years in the business, as both coaches and affiliate owners, our passion is to help create world-class affiliates and coaches by building better boxes. Welcome to the best hour of your day. We got JB in that intro, huh? We might have to change that. I have to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be a different games this year. We haven't we haven't been on the show together uh, since all that went down. But uh, lots to unpack. Chris, will you be at the games? I will be. Yeah. You judging? Yeah, looking forward to it. <clears throat> no, this time I'm gonna be working uh, EDU, so I'm gonna be running some of the oh uh, nice workouts in the affiliate uh, area, and then also just the the workout stage, and then uh, a little bit of panels, I think. We will uh, be there with you. We will also be. We will do. We will be doing all things affiliate and coaching. So we're oh, we are also we're also not judging this year. Yeah, so everybody's moving on from judging. You guys have been doing a long time with us. Passing the torch. Yeah, totally. A decade, it's about that time. A decade of counting reps. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yeah, we are excited, and let's let's uh, hop into this. It's been a minute since Fern and I have been on the show together, but we've got Chris McDonald, CrossFit Level Four. Owner of Rubicon CrossFit. Are we allowed to say assessor? I, I guess, yeah. <laughs> well, we said it. Yeah, we no, said it. too late. We can't, we can't those, take it back. <laughs> for those taking the uh, level four, but that's not what he's here for. I'm sure we can talk all about that. But I really, you know, we've been getting on some high level coaches. You are certainly one of them. And I really wanted to dive into the conjugate method, which I don't know, would you, would you say that's your specialty your expertise other than obviously crossfit yeah i would say crossfit first and foremost um that's always been my priority uh that led me to conjugate um but yeah conjugate is definitely one of those things that as i found it i've just kind of dug in deeper and um you know i think you know majority of the stuff i do is gpp so it's crossfit stuff but then when you have some specialists and you need to work with some athletes whether they're crossfit competitors or football players um, or lifters, you know, you, you know, the conjugate really comes into play there, but certainly there's a ton of crossover between that and CrossFit and excited to kind of explain those to people. Chris, how long have you been writing? Have you been writing programming either for athletes or at your box pretty much since day one? Um, <clears throat> that's a good. Well, no, I, initially when I started with CrossFit, all I did was follow, I followed .com for a really .com. long time, um, at least three years. And I'd say, I mean, I still to this day, I follow .com about, for my general CrossFit programming, GPP, we, we go over .com or we go off a of cap. I kind of rotate between the two every few months. Um, and then, I mean, the, so mo most of the program that I do, like for athletes, which started pretty early, you know, like we originals you know, came out, you know, we finished top 10 every year. We ended up, you know, getting Carlene and we, you know, Carlene trained with us. I mean, she started cross with us and she made it all the way to the games five right. times so we've had that kind of forced me into the conjugate system and just kind of learning was like you know how do i make these athletes better how did, how did that force you into that what about the conjugate system well let's let's take a step back somebody's watching that has no idea right maybe they've heard of louis simmons west side how would you define what the conjugate method is so the conjugate method i mean just really means to bring together um it's in bringing it together, there's a couple of me major methods that you use. Um, you've got your max effort method, which is designed to hit an absolute max. 
um, which can be done in hundreds of different ways. And then you've got your dynamic effort and that's designed to train for speed. So really that the conjugates built a lot off the force velocity curve. So like as weights get heavier, forces go or velocity goes down as weights get lighter, velocity goes up and kind of like the force curve that we talk about in power and for intensity and time. It's the same idea as you're developing, you have different systems that kind of hit each one of those. And then there's a repetition method, which is really what we think of a lot of accessory work. And then we, the, the next one will be like midline and finisher work, which is obviously train midline and then finisher we can get into, but it's usually super high rep, like 200 banded bullet parts, things that pump lots of blood through the body, good for recovery and keeping tissues healthy. Yeah. You do that one, three rounds of 20 banded pushups, 70 pull-aparts. And the first time I was like, this is a mistake. He made yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it, I, I love the finisher work. There's a great video of Christy Aramo um, when she was training for the game. She's a West Side barbell and they're doing a finisher workout with her and it's a banded belt marching. So she's in this banded belt marching machine. And I don't, I don't know how long she's going, but it's probably three to five minutes and she's carrying a sandbag. And just the look on people's faces when they start doing finisher work, it is a, there's a special, uh, mental training that comes along with that. That's <laughs> 70, devast- 70, 70 reps. You're like just squeezing your butt, like really trying <laughs> yeah. to like, just like m- remove the pain from one area to another. It's funny. You were telling me, so I saw Chris Fern, we worked a seminar in a prison two or three. That was, you know, when, first of all, it was like, man, this dude is smart. You know how I knew he was smart Fern? Do tell. He gave a two hour GHD lecture. so i don't know what you thought on day one but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no and i was like man we were just really like i think sometimes being on staff we forget especially the old guard like nothing against the new folks but you guys that are ogs chris man like the knowledge you have and your background and i was like I was like, I want to just learn more from you, do what you're saying. And, you know, I got involved, started following what you're doing. And I, I absolutely, I, I love it. I'm, and, and part of what I love about the conjugate method is, I think part of, for me, is it's like training by myself right now in the basement. You always have something to, and it's very similar to CrossFit in that respect, where it's like, I know my time or I know my score, now beat it. And same holds true for the conjugate. It's like, okay, I know... And, and I love that it's variety. So you're not like overwhelmed every Monday. I've got to back squat more. It's like back squat, front squat, bands, no bands, so many different avenues to do it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That variance piece is huge. You know, that's uh, like I said, we where CrossFit really think of, you know, focuses on variance from like modal and time domains. Um, conjugate, you know, is a little more varied, like as far as like speeds and then exercises, like, um, and I think that's one of the reasons why it works so well and why you're seeing kind of some of your results is if you're always just focusing on the big motor patterns, wherever your limiting factor was, you're just going to keep failing at that limiting factor. So say like your back squat is your hips kick, you know, up and your knees, you know, come in a little bit that, you know, your hips are weak. So if you just constantly keep back squatting, you're not making your hips any stronger. You just keep failing at the same sticking point. So that's where like working all the different, you know, 20 inch boxes, four 16 inch boxes, 12 inch boxes, like working all the different ranges of motion. Um, it does a couple of things. So that, that would be like an, an absolute day, absolute strength day. If you're going to work up to a one rep max is you're not wearing yourself down with the same motor patterns all the time. And I think when we look at a lot of CrossFit competitors, especially the amount of volume that, you know, these people are doing these days is there's just tremendous amounts of volume and they're getting a ton of pattern overload. 
And when the pattern overload starts to happen is now that's when you're starting to look at like chronic injuries and, uh, you know, even worse, potentially acute injuries because the tissues are wearing down, the nervous system's wearing down. So the variance on that, and that's every single week, it's a different lift for Westside, which, you know, obviously we're changing up all our stuff. We're not Westside, we're conjugate. Westside just adopted the conjugate method. And Louis oh, really the one that... I've always kind of thought they were synonymous. They're, they're not. So the conjugate system was actually designed by exercise science from the uh, Russians. Uh, Verkashansky was a big one, and it was designed for their Olympic weightlifters. And essentially what they did is they started producing a lot of variance in their movements. You know, the Bulgarians always just kind of kill you with, the, you know, who can handle the most loads and handle the most volume. And that would be kind of our absolute day. But the, the, the Russians created this system. This is a lot what the Chinese use now. And when Louis broke his back for the second time doing periodized training, uh, he's like, I got to find something different. Like, you know, all this just building up to heavier weights. This isn't working. So he actually hired a guy named Bud Charninga to uh, uh, translate all these Russian texts. And these are like Russian, like Olympic level scientists. Um, and that's where a lot of his foundation come from. Then Mel Stiff came over and he wrote the book Super Training, which was crit very, I would say, impactful on Greg Glassman's even thinking of CrossFit. And you'll see terms yeah. like training for the unknown. You see the force velocity curves. Like you see a lot of the stuff that Greg was. And that text was, I think, pretty essential to Greg and I think. Uh, and it definitely was for Louie. Louie talks about it all the time. Yeah, Greg's mentioned him in numerous talks. And like yeah. he, it's like he's not ever been shy about that. What was your... um? What was your first exposure to Kanji? Because and because for anybody who's dabbling in or has at least even tried it, like it can it can be like trying to read a foreign language. Dude, yeah. Chris, Chris you're knows just like what I don't understand. What the fuck is happening? Chris gets texts from me. I'm like, where's this pin go? What's this do? Yeah. <clears throat> so I mean, and honestly, that's one of our big. You know, I've been working with Jesse Buffano and Shane Sweat. We run a Conjugate Nation podcast, and it's really just to try to help people. Like we've learned kind of you know the ropes through all this and. The way I compare it, it's just kind of like learn how to weigh and measure food, right? When you first learn how to weigh and measure food, it's a pain in the ass. You know, it's, you got to get all your foods inputted. But once you start getting your foods inputted, you're going to set up your bands the exact same way every time. You know, it's not really going to change. Uh, so the way you set it up stays the same. Maybe you manipulate the bands a little bit, but they generally start to stay the same. So just like weighing and measuring, you know how to, you know, tear your scale, just, you know, put your plate there and everything gets easy. It does get easy. So, um, but for me, when I first saw it, it was actually as a CrossFit.com video is Louie had... A bunch of the hq people out there um there's still videos up there i think tony budding's on a reverse hyper video if you look up a uh, crossfit and reverse hyper um yeah uh, you'll see you know they went they went out there so i had just been doing a lot of periodized you know the wendlers and the right small loves all the all the periodized kind of like squat programs but you know i came across what a lot of other people did is like yeah but when you stop doing it and then you go back to it six months like you dropped off 10 percent again right so it's like how do we like consistently build and I was fortunate enough, you know, uh, Jesse Ward, Todd Woodman, Curtis Bowler, they were all at that seminar. I worked with them a bunch up here in the Northwest at that time, at least. Um, and then so I started picking their brains and Jesse was pretty big into it. I don't know if you guys know, but Jesse Ward came from a powerlifting background. Yeah. So that's what he did. And then obviously he trained Abby Grove uh, Dickerson yep. now who she went and competed with Westside, which arguably getting to Westside, getting invited to Westside is harder than getting the games. I mean, either way. Either, I mean, Dude, it's, it's pretty hard. Yeah, it's I mean, I know Abby's a monster, yeah. but I didn't realize it was an invitation only. Westside, it's a it's a private. I mean, I don't know what it is now because Louis passed, but yeah, it was an invite only to get to getting into Westside, and she got invited, which is a massive accom if, accomplishment. If you're watching this and you haven't, I think I think it might be free on YouTube. If not, I think it's on. Netflix. I believe it's called Westside versus the yeah. World. Yeah, it's super. Yeah, well, you, you got to check great, that out. Great documentary. Yeah, if you want to see what the elite. 
like what they do. Like it's, which I think every, you know, it's CrossFit. That's not who we are. Right. But it's, you know, it's always good to know the extremes and kind of where we fit in the middle and like, what can we learn from those communities? And, you know, I thought it was super cool. And Louie just always had that mentality. Like he'd answer phone calls, you know, you know, till he basically died, you know, at the gym. So he would or, literally pick up the phone. If yeah, Curtis, Curtis Bowler calling him multiple times. One time left a message and West uh, Louie called him back the next morning. He's just like the guy that is so passionate. Yeah. About yeah, he's, you know, uh, yeah, when you I mean, I don't know to me when I think about like the, you know, the ultimate trainer, you know, I mean, he's got to be it because he not only like knew how to do it, but he did it. <laughs> I mean, think you're, you're kind of like that. Like, sometimes I feel like I'm being a pain in your ass. And you're, you're <laughs> oh, man. Hell no. No. It's, I mean, you know, it's so I don't know. It takes you a couple of days to get back to me. Well, yeah, exactly. That's how it works. That means so as long as you're okay with that, you can do it as much as you want. You know, if it's only when I'm like, "Where's the programming? I don't know what to do without you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, listen, Jay's Jay's not in a hurry to train, so it's fine, yeah. Chris. <laughs> he, he, he wants the rest. I was saying, I, I sometimes feel like I'm bastardizing Chris's programming because I'm in a rush and like bands and all that stuff are still still new to me. So when I feel like I'm in a rush, I'm like, "Oh, whatever. I'll just go do the movement," right? Yeah. And but. So I'm, I'm definitely, I need to improve on that. And then I think what you were saying about, especially about the dynamic days, I think that's um, 30 years of like heavier is better, oh, right? Yeah, like sure. really totally. like wrapping your head around, it's okay to go lighter. It's like, like you said, forced distance time. And you were telling me about that machine uh, that you use to measure speed. It's funny because I was watching like one of the many UFC documentaries and they have a lot of them have them now where it's like, Oh, nice. That's really, cool. you know, Oh, it was, it was actually a, it was at a college wrestling program and it was like, which, which one is it? Which it's machine? It's called rep one. Uh, oh, well, that's okay. the one we use. I don't know. It's basically, it's just a oh, little, they had like, something super fancy where it's like, if you go up on the, yeah, I've seen those too. Yeah. Like bird. Is it bird something? I don't know what they were using, but it was, it was like, yeah, Oh, that's some. what Chris was you know talking about. Yeah, I mean, a much more uh, like if if anybody's interested in that, like so, so dynamic effort days, those will be the second day. So basically you go heavy lower once a week, you go heavy upper once a week, and then you go speed upper once a week and speed lower once a week. So the speed, you you the idea is you're wanting your bar speeds in between 0.7 uh, meters per second and 0.9 meters per second. And the thought there is obviously, you know, force equals mass times acceleration. So especially if you talk about specific athletes like my receivers, my running backs, you know, dynamic effort's huge. Right. You know, max effort is too because that builds that up. But perch you know, fit got... is what I was thinking of. Okay, that's what I saw yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. They have they have a lot of them in uh, in a lot of the college strength and conditioning weight rooms these days because they're they're trying to, which I essentially will, what Westside is trying. They're trying to like optimize training sessions, and as soon as they'll see that there's a drop off, a lot of them they're like training sessions done. They're like we're not going to exceed that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the, the cool thing that we, that I found with that, and it was something that wasn't expected, was you know, as CrossFitters, you know, we're trained, and not just CrossFitters, the people in general, we're trained to like you know want to beat the score. Like if you did three hundred, you next time you want to do three fifteen. Right. What happened when I, with this is uh, I saw it first at Fort Vancouver when we did a um, I was I was taking the conjugate powerlifting course from Shane and Jesse, and uh, they had just gotten one because they use it for Justin. And uh, watching people in their classes started using it, you'd notice how much faster they would get because they're getting live data. Like, and it's like, oh, you got a 0.71. They're like, oh, I'm going to get a 0.74. Um, and suddenly it's, you know, which that's a different neurological adaptation. You're training the body yeah. to be strong in a nervous system in a different way than absolute strength is. 
And I'd say that's where CrossFit really has had a tremendous amount of success is because a lot of their stuff is dynamic. You know, if you're doing, you know, 225 deadlifts, like you're in that 50% range when you're doing Diane, you know? So right. it's like, you know, generally in our dynamic days, we're hitting 24 reps. So there's a little bit higher repetition, but you know, there's still crossover between those. And I think that's why you see people in CrossFit get really strong for a, a really long time without. Changing. Now that you say that, that actually, I don't know why that's never like crossed my mind, but those like light to moderate loads are, and, and adding the clock to it inherently forces velocity training, but like not intentionally. Yeah. You know, it's not like, Hey, I wasn't, I wasn't training to, to like move this bar as fast as possible. I was training to do the workout as fast as possible, but it's still, it's the I'm same like, thing. Yeah. Fern, that was like a light bulb went off. That was like, Oh, that's why CrossFit works. Well, no, know, no, no, took me, took me no. Just like years of no, out, it's so. just <laughs> like it's like fifteen <laughs> years later, Flowmaster. I'm glad you well, picked it up before you took the level four, though. Right. The um, no, but if you think about it, like it's it's like baked into the cake in some of those yeah. scenarios, and you're like, you're not intentionally like throwing bands on there, but like it's a it's a byproduct of trying to do this overall workout fast because like because I I spent like a decent amount of time like nerding out on some West Side and probably did it for about or some conjugate type uh, stuff for like almost two years. Like I had my whole garage outfitted with chains, oh, nice. bands, all kinds of stuff. And the intent there is to move that bar as fast as possible. But it's very different than like, I'm trying to get this workout done. But the stimulus is pretty much the same. If you think about it, like that Diane, that Diane analogy, like clicked for, for me for just, which was why yeah, people get you, strong doing CrossFit. Yeah, right, exactly. You can either rest less or move faster. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And ideally, uh, yeah, it's, it's both. It's both. Yeah. And force equals mass times acceleration. You know, so like, you know, your ability to accelerate is going to, you know, have an impact on your, you know, your ability to mix ma lift max lifts as well. I, you know, speaking of all the different chain, I've, I've had to like, I was telling Fern last week, like I bought a bunch of new bars, like I bought the hex, the camber, axle, safety. So, <laughs> yes. Talk to me a little bit about those. I think for those that are, I'm, I'm asking out of my own curiosity, I think I text you safety versus a regular bar you think you can typically lift more with a standard no, bar? it'll be less no yeah. way less so we'd, say, we'd say like uh like the way shane puts it which i really like enjoy is uh that's a minus 10 percent bar 10 to 15 percent yeah bar. no so you lift more with a barbell exactly yes yeah, 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 yeah. oh sorry right. my apologies i misunderstood because yeah. i was so, yeah, so you know, i did the good mornings with those a week or two ago and i was like this is way harder yeah so i mean that's 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 another important point you know this is where for, you know, most people in the affiliate, if you're new to CrossFit, probably, you know, not entirely necessary um, because you just want to, like, get your basic motor patterns dialed in. But again, like what happens is, is you can, if you only train the back squat, the bad is the back squat, then it's eventually like, again, you're just you're going to find you're going to fail at your limiting component of your kinetic chain. So all those different bars basically fill in the cracks of those. So like in the safety squat bar, like your upper back strength is just got to be so much better, which a lot of people crumble you know, the bar, you know, as their hips are kicking up, you'll see in the bar pauses and they're getting a good morning. Sometimes that's their inability to be strong and their upper back to drive up against the bar. Um, so when you're in a safety squat bar, it's going to want to pull you forward and you got to really be able to drive up and back against it. Uh, camber is going to have more of a, you know, a, you know, a, a little bit of a swinging effect. And it's also the center of mass of the bar is so much lower. So right. where your muscles are activating is actually different. Um, so again, these are all just different ways. And that's like, even though we're really doing max effort work every week, you're still hitting a one rep max. Like you're not hitting your peak one rep max um, because like, it's going to be less than you generally like, you know, this week we did, you know, one rep max tall box 
you know, so that one would be called like an overload where you're going to be able to lift more or like a four inch deadlift off blocks. You know, like you're going to be able to lift more or pin pulls. So you got to be careful about doing too many of those in the road just because you're, you are going to have a heavy, you know, hit to the nervous system. But when you're kind of offsetting them with like, you know, today I did a, you know, it was my max effort day for upper. So I did a cambered, you know, neutral or cambered narrow multi-grip is, you know, I got up only to about 70% of what my one rep max true bench is, but I got a one rep max, one rep max number for the day for that lift in that barbell. Um, and as you keep doing that stuff and, 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 you know, what really becomes good with the conjugate as you start figuring out where your weaknesses are. So like if you're weak off the chest, then you want to do bow bars and you want to do cambered bars. Um, if you're weak in your lockout, which is most people, then you want to be doing pin presses and two board and three board presses and floor presses. Um, and that's again, where you're, you're finding the, the limiting factor and you're finding ways to utilize the movements to forge stronger, you know, a stronger overall kinetic chain. Um, and that's where more variance which again, for beginner and intermediate CrossFitters, probably not necessary. There's too many movements for them to get good at anyway. So that's why, you know, generally like the conjugate stuff is a little more specific to athletes. So, to use. so that's where I was going to go with that. Obviously, we've we've thrown up seven different barbells at this point. Yeah. And somebody's just like, oh, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, I okay, all. so yeah. I need he, he well, the good part is Jay has them all, hasn't touched any of them. But <laughs> the uh, I, I prefer the camber bar as the one with the multi-grip handles is that not what's the one that you have pulled so up camber right? will also it'll also have a drop in it um yeah, so right. if it doesn't have a bend in it if it's just a flat that's just a st standard multi-grip of a camber because you can get yeah i mean if you have a cambered uh, multi yeah no it gets a little deeper that's a yeah, yeah so you've got a yeah, exactly so you can see the top of that where that bar is going to hit your chest your arms are going to be much lower so that's going to be really good about driving the bar off the top of your chest which if that's where you're failing you know that's a great bar to be working for for absolute strength for your dynamic exercises so what, where does somebody start here? So let's say you're a, you're a fairly seasoned CrossFitter. You know, you're competent with a barbell. You know, you've got decent core lifts, right? You can squat, you can pull, you can press. You're pretty confident or competent in the, in the clean and jerk and the snatch. Like, how do, you start to, how do you start to weave this in if I don't want to just throw my CrossFit training out the window? Yeah, so, I mean, so the way that we, I generally do it for, like, my CrossFitters um, – is we do one to two times a week, we'll do absolute strength. And then if we do that second day, we're going to alternate. We'll go every once in a while, we'll go three week dynamic waves. So if I find something, especially I'm looking across the gym and there's, you know, something specific, which Rubicon's smaller. So it's a lot easier for me to do that. Um, so we'll hit a max effort lift uh, for the lower for sure every week. Um, and then after that, like, it's really just a couple accessory lifts. Um, so like in really in the beginning, that doesn't have to be too hard. So, right. Most people are just really weak in their hamstrings and back. So good mornings are all. So generally what I have is you have your primary lift, which is your absolute or your dynamic effort. And then you have your secondary lift. Um, so those would be the two I would start adding in, you know, and th that wouldn't be appropriate for a class, you know, necessarily. That would be somebody that wants to try to get some extra work on the side. Like, right. Um, I would say that most people that are just in your general CrossFit classes need to just kill it, really keep working the movements. But to throw, I mean, to have some focus where this is our max effort day and this is our dynamic effort day and you're doing that once you know, maybe twice a week. I think that's where it's maybe appropriate, but just hitting the one lift. And then if you want to hit some accessory afterward, or that would be, that would be the way that I would do it. Um, max out. Sorry, real quick, JV. Uh, how many times a week on the high end three are you training like with this, with this style of training for me personally, uh, or just like average person. So like you, if you like, what, well, let me ask like how many Jay, how many times are you doing this? I do four. I do exactly okay, what four. Chris programs, not, a, not, 
exactly each day, but I do is heavy dynamic, heavy lower, heavy, or dynamic upper, uh, dynamic lower, heavy upper. And that's really it for gym. And then I go to jujitsu, but that's really it. Okay. So I do four days and I would say more often than not, it's about 45 minutes. I am chopping something out, but it's still working tremendously. What I was going to say, what I love about it is how fast it is. I literally wake up five minutes on the C2 just to kind of get my mind awake. And then within 15 minutes, I'm hitting a one, you know, it's like you say, Chris, like zero, two, four, six, nine, 12, 15. Those are like when you're doing the lifts at 15 minutes, you're, you're going for your one rep max and then everything else. I'm going a lot faster than I normally would. Like I set a clock for depending on what the movement is like 90 to two minutes rest. So even like another four sets of something, it's eight minutes later, you're done. Yeah, that's a big thing. I mean, so this is why Louis is so huge on GPP. And I think that's just the important thing to understand as far as like with how you're going to decide to utilize the program is like for GPP. I mean, hit your CrossFit stuff. You should be going heavy once or twice a week in your CrossFit classes. Right. Um, so, you know, hit that stuff and then just it should be GPP. You should also be hitting gymnastics. You should also be hitting some aerobic training. And then obviously all your seven to 20 minute workouts. If the people that want to like start to take it to, you know, the next level and not that there's other ways you can't do it. Like Jesse up in CrossFit Squamish, you know, he runs like I think the max efforts like every week. Um, and that's kind of his gym. Shane Sweat did a similar thing where I think he did all actually the core lifts for all four days and then he did something different. So this would be, I would say for a lot of people, the conjugates, if you have something specific, so like our competitors, these mm -hmm. are definitely ways to offset movement pattern and to work on other weaknesses without just crushing them with metabolic conditioning and high volumes of weights. Um, so that, yeah, I mean, so that, that's for the conjugate. It's really the people want to do the outside work. And in that case, I would say start with the, the first two lifts on what your weaknesses are. So, you know, if it's legs, you know, you hit those um, or upper. Okay. Yeah. I mean, if, if I were going to do anything, I'd, I'd make, I would probably start implementing a little more of your CrossFit stuff in there. That's just, once I have a, like the extra 15 minutes, that's what I would do. Cause I definitely feel like metabolically, the conditioning is not there, but there are days I was telling Chris the other day, I hit a 425 high bow, high box squat, which was probably a little higher than you intended. I was yeah, telling you like my yeah. feet came off the ground. Like, so the yeah. box is probably a little high, yeah. but I, I just like, <laughs> broke into this crazy sweat like my sugar dropped my body was like what are you doing well yeah that's that overload effect right like that yeah. gives you the opportunity and the bands do this too the bands uh when they're at the top you know that's when you have the most resistance and then they unload in the bottom position so like that that's really good for the joints most people don't fail in the bottom of their squat anyway they fail midway up yeah. um, they either get crushed because it takes them takes them too long so they get close to where they can finish the lift and then their time runs out and they crumble or they hit their sticking point somewhere through the middle um, and then they get back down to the ground. So all that's data for the coach to figure out where to start programming that stuff. Um, but in general, like I say, for most people, it doesn't need to be complicated. I think for a long time, you see the CrossFitters. And I think, Jason, one of the reasons you're adapting so well to the program and hitting so many PRs is you have such a strong background of GPP and strong background of getting all these lifts in. Um, I was going to say it's just because he started being really weak. <laughs> so had, a high, had a high bar to live into. Eating whatever I want. Eating, um, well, and I think, you know, going back to what, and I'm interested, I think what might be cool is you watching a video or two, but, you know, I've always exclusively back squatted. And one thing you were saying is like, there's weakness there. And I don't think, I would tell you like the last front squat I did before 
doing your programming was probably like 285 to 295 lifetime PR 300. I don't think we front squatted once and I had 315 and I would say it was easy. I was like, my goal was 300. I was like, this is easy. Let's go for it. And I probably had another five to 10 pounds in me, but I think strengthening all of those other areas. Yeah, exactly. And that, again, if we think back to the con the CrossFit analogy, that's how many times do we hear like, I haven't back squatted, you know, like done a one rep max back squat in a year. And then their first three years of training, I hit like a 40 pound PR. It's like, well, if your hamstrings and your lower back were weak and you do cleans and you do deadlifts and, you know, or your upper back was weak and couldn't get into the bar and you're doing cleans and you're doing pull-ups and you're doing, you know, all those lifts, all the variance in CrossFit is also what creates that very early on. And, you know, and that's again, where I think, you know, one of the things with Shane and Jesse and I, cause you know, we, we don't work not only CrossFit competitors, but even some like high school athletes. Well, I mean, they work with world pros and Olympians and um, is that you can't just keep pattern overloading the same thing. And I think that, you know, that's like the marathons paradox, right? Is like the marathon runner that just started with the five mile run, turned it to the 10 to the 15 to the 20 to the 26.3. It's like, they're like, yeah, but I can't get any faster. And it's like, what are you doing for your training? It's like, you're running the same speeds. Like, well, of course you're not going to get faster running the same speed. Like your body doesn't adapt to stresses that it aren't, it isn't presented with. Like you've got to run faster to actually get faster. So that means we need to start doing some interval training. And, you know, I think this is, you see this stuff in Hinshaw's where there's lactate thresholds or aerobic or, you know, those things, you know, you get fast in different intervals and then that allows you to build up, build up the load. Yeah. And I love the overload aspect of it too. Like, like I was telling you, that was like 75 pounds more than I've ever had on my shoulders. I'm like, now I feel confident, you know, yeah. when we, when it's time to back squat again. Yeah, exactly. Well, and the same thing, like I said, bands do that too. Right. So it's like when you unrack and you're 20% over 10% over your one rep max, like you start, that starts to become an adaptation. Like um, this is where we've been seeing. So like Jesse even has, he even had a, like Justin Medeiros in, um, cause Justin Medeiros follows conjugate with Jesse. So Jesse Pifano, I keep referring to, he basically, mm -hmm. that's who I like Jesse Ward and Todd Whitman and Curtis Bowl. They all introduced me to him. And cause that was kind of where you were probably where Jason, where it's like, I did this stuff, but I was like, I don't feel like I'm doing this right at all. And I kind of stopped doing it. And then I was like, you know, Carlene started becoming super competitive where she was becoming like top 15, top 10 in regionals. And it's like, dude, like and strength was her big thing. So I went up and stayed a week with Jesse and um, just really kind of started dialing in and learning. And then I really just kind of leaned on him. And then I met Shane Sweat and uh, the games and Shane and Shane was also, you know, huge for us. Like he really helped. He helped put me program essentially for Carlene for, you know, over a year, really. Um, and so seeing that kind of helped me. Um and it just, you know, to watch her, what she went through and go, you know, went through. And it was like, you know, this is it makes too much sense. And it, as you understand, like kind of the concepts behind, you know, you know, what they were doing with that conjugate, because initially, so Louie took it and he he turned it into for powerlifters. So like all the data we really had, all the books from Westside are really into powerlifting. But in the last, you know, 15 years, you know, he started realizing it's like, well, I can also have, you know, work on explosive strength. You know, exp explosive strength is, you know, less 30 percent or less than your one rep max. And this is where, you know, Verkashansky has a lot of, you know, research on that. So like with my teenagers for high school, we do lots of jumping. We do lots of 30% or luck because explosive strength for a football player is, you know, and wrestlers like that, you know, that becomes really critical. Um, so he started to learn how to adapt the model to what the weakness is. And, you know, that's the same thing we can do with, you know, our athletes in CrossFit or, you know, if I'm training an offensive lineman versus a wide receiver, you can manipulate those systems just like, 
in CrossFit, if we know somebody has a weakness in aerobic capacity, we can start programming towards that. If we know they have a weakness in, you know, seven minute or less time domains and we can program, you know, stuff to fix that. If we're at strength, we fix program stuff to fix that. So there's a lot of those crossovers. We start to see like the system, one system is really for the specialist, the other is for the, for the generalist. Um, but they both have crossovers. Louis say it all the time. I mean, what you were saying, uh, when I see people do accessory, which is a really kind of big thing is, some of it's more bodybuilding than it is like strength training. And this, the other thing is like, they're just resting way too long. Like the weight should be heavy and it should be every two minutes. Um, most CrossFitters, if they went in and did a, a session with Louis lifters, as good as their own uh -huh. conditioning would be, they would be crushed on dynamic days. They wouldn't be able to keep up. Like, um, and that's why you see some of those guys that can come over to the other, other way and do pretty good, which was always our kind of rule of thumb, right? If we can go both ways and, you know, it's like with bodybuilding and CrossFit, like I don't do bodybuilding, but I can still, you know, hang the handle those loads, you know, West side that, that was one thing that I learned from again, Jesse and Shane was, and you get in, you do your lifts and you get done. What, um, what do you think are some of the biggest misconceptions about that training style? Um, it's for power lifters only probably. What would, yeah, so on that note, so obviously the suggestion there is that it could be like, obviously a, a CrossFitter could do this. Like what would be an appropriate, I'm cross. Let's just say I'm crossfitting uh, five times a week, which I'm not for the record. <laughs> five what, times a year at this point. Yeah, five <laughs> times a year. The uh, what, like, how many days a week would you suggest? Like, th like two days a week. So, I, so for me, you know, I've been doing 15 years. Um, I do at least two strength sessions a day, and I do at least three or a week. Two, sorry, two strength sessions a week, and uh, three. CrossFit sessions a week, three okay. to four. Um, and then just depend on how I'm feeling. Like sometimes like if I'm wrecked from a couple of workouts, like I might just hit the upper accessory as a day and just be like, all right, I'm going to do the upper body accessory. But Jane, when I do my, my strength is going to be the, the first two lifts. And then I'm just going to do CrossFit. Cause I mean, for me, it's GPP is still my primary focus. Um, you know, the strength I really enjoy and I still do it, um, you know, for, you know, I guess, cause it still makes me better at CrossFit, but, um, yeah, so I'll kind of minute. So for, for me, that's how I do it. Like for competitors, we do uh, so they'll do max effort lowers on Monday. They'll do they do Olympic on Tuesday. They do Wednesdays off. Thursday they do uh, dynamic effort lower. Uh, Friday they'll do um, up max effort upper, and then Saturday they do Olympic weightlifting. Um, and then the so those max effort days and the dynamic effort lower days. We don't do a dynamic effort upper sometimes like certain certain athletes if we're really working on something i might add that in but they would do the two main lifts um and then they would have two to three accessory lifts and then they would have a midline finisher and that would be their first that would be one of their two sessions for the day um okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dang that was fast there you that's, guys, uh, that's a little that's a little too lean but the the size is right yeah. are about accurate i was like yeah. I think it was helping me because I was like getting that momentum when yeah. my feet hit the ground again. Well, like, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a learning curve for sure. So um, obviously there's a, a ton of different variations of squat, but let's just say uh, like a box squat banded. Uh, how much are you guys using chains, Chris, like at all? You, uh, you know, right box. now I've got so many people that I'm just trying to get happy with the bands. So like when I was at uh, X factor, when I was, uh, you know, still on that and I was working with a lot of regional teams, we did that more often because I was more involved on a, on a, just weekly base with them. Like right now I got some, a lot of remote people and just to me, bands are 
I mean, so that what that is is accommodating resistance. Right. Accommodating resistance, you know, think about how you miss lifts. Most people in the bench press, they're going to get it off their chest. They're going to get three to four inches. They're going to start to fail. Um, and what happens is as our leverage is improve, increased, like we actually start to decrease force production. So when we're training just with normal straight weight, like we're not training ourselves to really kind of be fast with us. So when you're training with chains, what's happening is that weight's becoming heavier as you're pressing up against it. So you got to keep finishing, keep accelerating the bar. And it's the same thing on the, on the uh, back squat or box squat. Um, so the bands do the same thing. The bands just mm -hmm. seem to be nice because they almost seem like a reverse, a complete reciprocal of against your muscle tissues. You know, they just match the same elastic right. properties, match each other. Um, and just the feeling you get, like, I would say if you're trying to work though, absolute strength, you know, chains can be really valuable. They just got more kind of a rugged, like hard feel. Where yeah. bands kind of got more of a smooth. So dynamic, like I don't really like dynamic for chains at all. It's almost it's all bands for dynamic. Okay. But chains, like if you're really, if you're slow, like me, I'm a slow, I'm, I'm not a very fat, I'm not, I'm a fast lifter. I'm not a very, I'm not very good at absolute strength stuff. Um, so for me, learning how to grind better, like chains can be a better um, tool. But for yeah, rubber bands, bands. Is, is there, um, is there a, like a specific place where you recommend people get rubber bands? Yeah, I would either get West Sides or I would get Rogues. And then I would tie those okay. off or put tape around those ones. And those should only be used for lifting. Um, right now I'm, I'm, I'm in the process with Jesse Bifano with a conjugate. We're going to put out like a band's manual. I think actually Jason, you've seen like a early model where basically I've listed out all the tensions. I'm going to have like all the different um, band setups. Cause some people, they don't have like R3 rigs and they need to know how to dumbbells or it's got, I'll show them how to set up safety spotter arms for it. Because right. to me, it's one of those things like you get so many people like their joints just feel better, too. Right. And they start doing like, man, my joints just feel better. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you're taking all that load off at the bottom. Um, yeah, you can see that. That's really big change right there. So that's a max chain lift. That's actually a pretty cool lift on that right side that you see. There. Yeah. So you can see there's no other bar weight. It's just chain. So those dudes are just lifting massive weights on just chain. It's a and you think about the amount of change and weight. It just it's changing. You know, so again, it's just it's variance. Hey, we have box squats, one of those things that I would talk about that. I don't think people do nearly enough. Box squats are in that wide stance right there. If you got weak hips, yep. that's that video right there. That's like the you jam need to, right there, dude. Yeah. Like if you can't do that, then you don't you're not operating at the highest capacity with your hip because that's a normal hip range of motion. And most people's hips are so jacked up they can't get to those positions. Like for me, that's my weakest position. And it was interesting. Like I knew this early on, what got me kind of I guess the the hook on CrossFit. I got stuck at like four nine or four ninety five for my deadlift. And uh, I just couldn't get over here, you know, hit the five hundred mark. Um, and I started with some of that conjugate stuff and I did a max rep sumo and it was like 365. It was, you know, full hundred and like 50 pounds different, 40 pounds different. So all I did was sumo for like four or six months and hit a 530 conventional deadlift. And I was Ooh. like, oh. Sumo has been super helpful. I think similar to my front squat, we hadn't really pulled the one rep max and yeah. I had a lifetime PR from, and my body feels better in the sumo. I think just more, leg driven yeah yeah it's more hips yeah for sure more, it's hips. way more hips that's what i was gonna say the uh and it's a i think it's it's way better for teaching the like that velocity or just like getting your hips through quickly on any of those lifts just because like you can snap into that position so fast well if you can get um, in that position like nobody's getting to a normal cross and getting into a normal stance and then doing um your knees are never collapsing if they're going into a normal stance. If you can get your feet that wide and drive your knees out, like your hips and your knee, you're going to be totally good. You're not missing any. So if people's hit knees that collapse a lot. Like 
getting those wives just never got hurt. It feels weird. It's well, that's exactly why you need to do it is yeah. you want the variance. Like in my opinion, we, you know, just like CrossFit, we want you good for seconds to hours. It's, you know, movement shouldn't change. Like I want you good in wide stances. I want you good in narrow stances. I want you good in narrow st- or in uh, everything in between. And that's a real, I think, you know, shows true capacity across the hip joint. Yeah. I think that was a big change in my belief system. Like this is how you do it. And it's like, no, there's, Many, many ways to skin that cat. Here's a question from Matt Burns. Chris, if the velocity drops slightly between sets, would more rest than two minutes be recommended? Yeah, so velocity for the uh, sort of the speed days, you want to keep those kind of as best you can in the range, which is kind of hard. Like you get a general prescription of, uh, you know, bar weight and band tension, but those ones you go on the minute and your your speed should stay, you know, within, you know, 10% of, of, you know, where you should be at. Uh, if this is like, we're talking about like accessory, if you're doing like a five by five, four by eight, you know, three by 15s. Yeah. You get into those last sets and you need to take a little bit more than two. Cause it, you know, also the, the body adapts to the loads pre- uh, placed on it. And this is again, where people in accessory work, I, you know, I look around and it reminds me of the Globo gym days of being back at 24, where it's like, you know, they do a set and they kind of sit with their cell phone and they BS with the partners. Like, dude, those accessory work lists should suck. Like that, you mean you should be burning and it should hurt. Like you know, not hurt like the pain wise, but you should be, you know, the you should be maxing the tissues out. So if you're not, you need to, you know, get the weights. And every, I shouldn't have to preface this, but even to the max lifts, like never at any point do we lose position, and that is critical across the absolute lifts to the dynamic lifts to the repetition lifts because if you let athletes lose positions, you're actually training the muscles that we want to get stronger to get weaker is if they are losing position, then it means we need to address where they're losing position. So, I mean, there's obviously an injury components when we lose positions as well, but the, you know, all your positions need to be dialed. Now that's, that's a really, really big one. If you're not moving optimally, you know, you're just not going to have that ceiling to grow into. So that's a really critical thing is like those accessory lifts should be really, really hard and your movement should be dialed. And that's why I think also like in the beginning for most people, CrossFit's going to be more than enough. You've been programming a hundred bench press on the de- how heavy are we going with that you did 45 now 65 i'm really sore today yeah one more week three 60. week wave then we'll get off we haven't done that one in a long time what's it gonna uh, be not 95 75 okay yeah Good. for uh, so explain that what's the rough scheme so the finisher for that that's a finisher workout so the finishers oh, okay. are like again what we're trying to do is we burn out all the motor units you know so we're getting every muscle fiber fire, uh, fired as much as we can and also ton, uh, pumps tons of blood across the tendons and ligaments and um, those are the last places to get blood um so that one's just like yeah the finishers are kind of like burnout sets um I, we don't i don't do a lot of the hundred stuff a lot actually um it's pretty rare i mean i think this is the first time you've done any of it like yeah, the, yeah so i mean every not even once a quarter i would say uh, but it is one of those ones where it's like, hey, man, hop on. We'll do it with the reverse hyper as well. Uh, um, yeah, then that's just that's just one you will play with and it'll be off. Yeah, and, and that's one of the that things I like about what you're doing. You go in these cycles, so you see that progress. Then when you're kind of like, all right, enough of this, you move on. Yeah, well, so that, that's like, yeah, sorry. Me- well, mentally, you're just refocused again because that's a big part of the battle when you're going heavy. Well, and I think, you know, this is why we got addicted to CrossFit, right? And this is always why it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like mind-boggling me to some extent where, because I have, I, I mean, I have some, you know, athletes that sometimes it's really hard to wrap their minds around not doing like the fives, the threes, the ones, the twos. And it's like, we all started CrossFit because we hated periodized training. And we wanted to change it up all the time. Like, why would we do our, make our conditioning program any different than our strength program? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, 
I get, what was the part you were saying with that, Jason? Sorry, I lost my train of thought there. Oh, no, I, I just, I, I like the waves because, for example, oh, yeah. we were doing like a lot of box squats. Yeah. And I saw yeah. those numbers go up. And then I was like, man, this is really, I don't know if I can do another 12 by two heavier. And yeah. then the next week we were changing it. Yeah. So, um, I, so there's different ways. So, like West Side, well, the, the dynamic waves always stay on three. So it's basically 75%, 80%, 85% are the basic. Uh, those are the percentages from week one to two to three. Uh, it's usually 50% bar weight and then 25% band weight. So that would be 75%. Then you go 55% bar weight, 25% band. So the band stays the same. You just go up by 5% on your bar weights. Um, so like if, if, you know, if you're a West Side or people like Shane, you know, Shane's got a ton of world records, you know, in powerlifting. Um, those lifters, and they're probably doing a lot more variance. For me, what I found with CrossFitters is the consistency inside those waves has actually been very good because a lot of people just don't have numbers to beat yet. So it allows us just kind of like, even if you know, if it's week one, we can kind of figure the lift out, get a number set, but it's like, be okay that I know next week I'm going to be able to hit this again and I'm going to go for something heavier or I'm going to do something for more reps. Um, so, you know, for me, what I've just found with CrossFitters that are using this to supplement their strength training. So maybe there's gen GPP people that want to just, you know, they've got extra time to hit some strength work and they want to do some stuff outside of class. Um, you know, we could start to, you know, I've, I've found that that works better than, you know, if you're just a full-time powerlifter and you're doing six days a week of powerlifting where you've got your four sessions and your six accessory sessions, like you're going to learn the lifts way quicker. Um, so that, yeah, that's something I found that just over time, as I've been working with more people for the CrossFit community, especially it's very effective. How long typically are those cycles, Chris, like three, four three weeks, weeks. Uh, three all weeks. of them are three, every weeks. time. Yeah, okay, I just because I I'd kind of put it with the dynamic effort. And to me, it's, uh, you know, Louis talked about like law of accommodation. There's that point where your body just stops adapting to the stress right. you present it with um, or, you know, just accommodates. So, you know, that three week is on just enough, you know, physically and I think also psychologically. Kind of psychologically is probably like, the big you know, one, I think. Yeah, yeah, it is totally. I and mean, while we love CrossFit, it was every it was different every day, or at least for me, you know, that was one of the major things that I loved about it. And that's really, you know, that's a big that's a big point behind how the conjugates design. I know, I know um, every time I've kind of gotten back into like heavy lifting over the past two years, it's, it's been because of that. Like I really struggled to push past like five or six weeks. Yeah. Like for any number of reasons, but a lot of it was psychological too. It was just so, like the, the loads would get too heavy. I would just get, I would just CNS would just be fried. And then I'd be like, I'm fucked. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, that was one of my, that was exactly my mindset when, you know, I kind of, you know, reached out to, you know, the Ward, Jesse Ward and Curtis mm -hmm. and all those guys and, that was something I really enjoyed. It's like, oh, wow, like, you know, this is kind of like CrossFit. They're doing something different every time, but you're still going for intensity. So how, if I start doing this, how long before I'm stronger than Jay? <laughs> I don't know. A couple days. Probably, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jay, Jay's, Jason's been killing it, man. He sent me some videos. I tell you what, like, I don't care what the programming is. If you don't put the effort in on the lifts and um, watching some of Jason's videos, I mean, you're, you're, you're definitely, you're getting after it, which well, he is, legs. He is an expert at making things look difficult. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs> you know, you know, but that's but part of that is like I was saying, the, the fun is I got to do better than last time. And also, like, it's like one or two hard sets, yeah. right? Like, even your one rep max, you're like, all right, the first four or five lifts are just basically warm up. Yeah. And then it's like, I got to go all in on this set. Yeah. Um, you know, like, like I was saying, those, I find the dynamic days much harder. You always, they're, they're supposed to be from a volume standpoint. You mean, well, I was going to say, the volume alone is the part that it seems it. daunting. Well, I mean, so think about it. 
yeah, if you have a 500 pound, even if let's say you say 500 pound back squat, you're going to be doing 250 bar weight and you'd be doing about 125 in band weight. So if you just take the bands off, if you're doing doubles, 12 doubles on the minute, then basically you just, you're doing a, you're doing 500 pounds per minute. So even by the end of it, you know, you're at 5,000 foot pounds of work. And this is where some of that stuff with you conjure that GPP, why you need it um, before you can really go after this accessory work really hard and all the dynamic Cause if you don't have good GPP, it's just, you know, it takes too long to recover. And as yeah, the dynamic days are definitely the worst days. For oh, that. I think it was last week. Like you had a, I think it's usually 12 by two for the squats and it was front squat. And yeah. I didn't have time to do bands. And I just went, I think I went like 245, 12 by two on the minute front squat. And I was like lit up for, yeah. it was like a sweat and it was a brutal day. Um, yes, we did explain what conjugate was way back <laughs> in the beginning. So yeah. you can go back. You can go back and, and watch this. And Bucky, we appreciate you watching. I believe it's because you're watching on Facebook. We always have far more viewers on YouTube than on Facebook. Um, if people do want to learn more, though, your, your podcast, Conjugate Nation podcast, Cody, will you pull that up again? And then, Chris, are you guys um, are you guys selling programming or like or or how does that work like what if somebody's interested in doing this what, how can they reach out to you and potentially do this yeah so um, you know i'm in the process of jason started uh you know some known known in the last couple of weeks uh i hope to have it here streamlined a little bit more by the end of july but i'm going to be having some uh putting some of my programming up on sugarwad um so people can definitely get a hold of me through that um, so much better then you're, you know, he had a nice document, but SugarWatch just makes it easy to track. Well, and tracking is huge. Like that's a big thing is like, you got to track your lifts. And that's another, I'd say critical part of the program. It's like, if you're not actually paying attention to what you're lifting and you're not trying to beat your lifts and you're just not going to get stronger. Cause again, you're presenting your body with the same stresses. Like if we want to get stronger, we got to find ways to present, you know, strength adaptations to the body. Um, so yeah, recording your Twitter, sugar, wide, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of other good ones. And we, I just use that in the past. And I'm like, why am I? Cause I had all my teenagers and, all my people from Rubicon, you know, on that dock, and I had everything built out. All my lower lifts were on a, you know, page. All the uppers, all the oldies, all the jumps, all the monostructural. And on the later, I was at one point. I'm like, why am I doing all this work to the software? It does it pretty cheaply. <laughs> uh, like, because I've used it in the past, and it was great. It was just, you know, when I sold X Factor and you know got out here, it just, you know, one of those things that kind of went off into the realm and ether of not into the gym. And so, yeah, it's it's way better though. I agree, Jason. It's been much more fun to. And for me, it's, it's more fun to watch. On that note, as an OG affiliate owner, all three of us, what were some of the best ways you had your members keep track? Because back in the day, there was no Sugar Wad, Wadify. You know, even, yeah. even there wasn't even a smartphone at the like in 2007 when I started, you know, prior to that for you, Chris. I remember every time a new member would join, no joke. I would hop in my car, drive to Office Max, buy a bind, new white binder, <laughs> print out their name. Right. Yeah. And then if, remember that period of time where like everyone was making journals. Yeah, totally. The RX journals. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. Those are yeah. pretty cool. They had some cool ones that, I mean, those are great ways. I mean, and then you're like part, looking back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I think Carlene still puts all of her stuff in a journal. She puts it, she moves it into the, uh, into the sugar wad stuff now, just cause it does make it easier when the programming comes up. You can just look God, at what it. doesn't no, rogue sell. Out. They sell notebooks. The, yeah. That, <laughs> but that was, this was like, I, I was buying them, um, I don't even remember the company. It might have been like Wad Journal or something back yeah, in the a day, few right? Yeah. yeah. You have a five star. Do you have a five star binder? At Trapper Keeper, we used to Trapper do that. Keeper. <laughs> I would literally go to the office, Max. It was like pre Amazon. Your, Jan, your Jansport backpack. And and I remember when I was like, 
as an owner, I was like, we're getting a lot of mail. I should buy more than one at a time. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I just do one. Just yeah, do one. Like driving, I'd like driving yeah, to the store. I got an extra 40 like, minutes of my day to drive to the store. So I might yeah. as well. But I was like, how many people are going to join? I was like, I'm going to Office Max every other day. And then I would just sit down, put their name down. Hey, Cody, bring up that question from Matt, please. Yeah, the, uh, for the Masters athletes. Have you seen success in Masters athletes over 50? Matt, are you over 50, I assume? Um, well, I mean, Let's... have I seen success? So I, mean, I haven't 45 worked. 45 for the record. Yeah. I mean, Car- Carlene's just getting into the 40 year. And I mean, in some ways, she's healthier and stronger than 100%. I have six, uh, confidence that it's it's successful for them in some ways, probably better. I'd say better than hitting like two, three days of like, you know, Metcons, um, you know, for those competitors. I feel pretty good. I think I was telling you, like, my elbows are the probably the most sore a little bit in my shoulders, but I don't know if I can attribute that exclusively to lifting or jujitsu, but yeah, yeah, my elbows are a little banged up. That's some of the, uh, so like that finisher work becomes really big for that. Like those, you know, 200 banded press downs, overhead try extensions, those Anconius extensions. Um, that were Anconius was the one you put on like your arm on the bar. Yeah, ex- right? yeah exactly. And that's just, you know, strengthen the outer part of the elbow. And, you know, it's also obviously got to take care of your body, too. You got areas that are, you know, if you're smashing, you know, using that barbell and rolling out the forearms and the biceps and the triceps. I'm, I'm sure that's a big part of it. I like rush in, rush out. You know, I don't spend enough time. Do, you know, you sent me those videos. I started trying to implement a couple of those smashes. There's Carlene, huh? Spurn, you, you this just is a long time, time ago. With Carlene at the Big Fish, we're going to have a little podcast about your experience there. She was not happy with my pacing on some of those. So you, oh, she was your partner? <laughs> You were, you, that? she was part of your team. Uh, yeah, because well, he he mixed up the teams quite a bit. So there was a single person events. There was two person, three person, four person, six person teams for different stuff. Um, it was all over. But going um, going back to the fifties plus thing, I think uh, where a lot of that stuff. But feel free to chime in here, Chris. Is like those the variance in ranges of motion, like back squat versus full. I think is where a lot of the the value for some of the older kind of masters athletes where we really have to look at total volume. Yeah, for and sure. Also volume and ranges of motion. I think that matters as well. Yeah, um, totally. So, I mean, another thing with that, that I, I mean, is, this is why, you know, I went all in on CrossFit and why I went all in and, you know, with conjugate too, is that, you know, programs should differ by degree, not by kind. Like if you've got specific things that you're trying to achieve, there really shouldn't be, a lot of, you know, understanding of that, you know, if it's, if the adaptations to get better at running, then you know, obviously running is a part of it. Um, if it's GPP, obviously a you know, CrossFit program shown that to be extremely effective, but how you implement that program can be manipulated for, you know, I've got a 80 year old that's been doing CrossFit for 15 years and like she does CrossFit. Like, does it look like the general CrossFit that's happening across the X factor? Like, you know, not even close, but she's performing constantly varied functional movements executed at some intensity and, you know, her blood markers are going down. She's, she's dropped a bunch of weight. She moves way better. So, um, it's the same idea. Like if they want to get strong, the absolute strength, you know, absolute dynamic upper days are going to make you strong. Uh, if you need to work on weaknesses in your connect chain, like your hamstrings, like, you know, banded inverse curls and GHRs and, you know, good mornings can still all be applied. Do you think you brought up something that I think is a really interesting, and I've heard this, uh, Dave Castro brought it up on a call recently. Do you think we as a CrossFit community have gotten too rigid on what CrossFit programming is? 100%. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think too many people even think about CrossFit just being in the gym to me. Like I, you know, uh, you know, I think about like the Matt Chans or 
the chantages and the you know you fail the margins of your experience like push your margins physically and psychologically in whatever manner you can adam knifer here at fort, fort vancouver like he does these seven day adventure races like that shit's crossfit to me you know not just fran like sitting in a gym you know that you know that's you know the games and the sport are ways we test certain things but i think you know for me crossfit always meant fitness in 100 words and that doesn't always mean doing stuff inside the gym you know well i think a lot of that has to do like you said chris the games and it's like the games is very narrow like with the exception of one long endurance event most years yeah i mean well how about if logistically think about that process like how do you do it i mean you've got multiple competitions obviously get there but there's only so much they can do and then dave and boz have done an awesome job of trying to vary those stresses and those tests as best as they possibly can to you know see who's fittest across you know the, the highest levels of work capacity and time domains um, as possible but yeah i mean there's logistically there's this restriction you can't have somebody sail across the atlantic for the crossfit games you know, there's well two but even in that scale you know but even in that scenario I would, I would i would argue that the games like the actual the finals in madison is the most varied the widest oh, range sure. of, of the whole of the whole thing there, everything else is fairly constrained just because like, of facilities where the you, games they're just like we're gonna do anything yeah mostly like time domain totally. like hard to go over three hours from a an event perspective, also just how smashed are they now for the next three to four days? You know, there's so many things to consider, but I agree, Fern. Like, you're not going to find a sporting event with more variety. Than well, the the, I mean, once you get into those longer events, the I would argue that general fitness becomes less of a factor and durability is now what, what, what really plays into effect. Like, how, like, what are your joints? So like you're doing long, either uh, rucks or marches or stuff like that. That's where, cause like, I mean, I, we did the, I did the, the big fish fundraiser and like at no point was my fitness in question. Right. It was just like either my knees hurt or, or my feet are jacked up and stuff or something like that. But it's never like, I don't, I don't think I can lift up that sandbag or something like that. So it's a different type of um, training, but I think that's where, stuff like this and, and creating a, a, a much broader variance with regard to type of implements that you use, the type of uh, uh, volume that you do. Um, I mean, I don't, we've, we've talked about a dozen different variations of squatting just in this podcast, all of yeah. which w create durability around joints specifically. And if I'm going to go marching around the woods for 30 hours, you're probably going to want a little bit of that. Yeah. And well, then what they're going to try and test a one rep max. Yeah. At that point it just becomes, you know, who can survive, you know, versus right. like, are you, are you really testing fitness capacities? And I would say, yeah, there's, I mean, the games does as good a job as you possibly can in testing specific fitness capacities as broadly as you possibly can. I think. Yeah. I'm excited. Wrapping it up the way we kicked it off. We're going to see you at the games. You're, so you're Carlene made it. No, I'm doing the EDU. She took this year off. Oh, yeah, uh, right. She was on the 30th. So yeah. she's, well, so who's, you, who's working with you in the ED booth? I think Andrew Charlesworth is going to be there. Who, who else? Haydock? Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't gotten any uh, specific itineraries. I've gotten some emails about uh, some content, but uh, I haven't gotten anything specific, so I actually don't know the answer to that question. And well, it's my first, if, first time. So, if you're watching this and you're going to be at the games, make sure to stop by the EDU booth. Especially, I don't know if they're going to do it again, but last year, if you had taken uh, a level one, two, three, or four, you got a little patch. Got your patches, uh, yep. Yeah, then then there, you guys are always doing some great talks and and great coaching. There's there's plenty of stuff for anyone, so make sure you swing by. And then of course, yeah, swing by. We're gonna have we have a booth this year, Fern. 
We'll have a booth. We'll be at the affiliate. We'll be in the affiliate lounge. We'll be running classes. We'll be doing podcasts, uh, some live podcasts, uh, some audience interaction podcasts as well. So all sorts of stuff will be there. Cool partnerships. Uh, Wattify will be there kind of hanging with that with that crew and doing some uh, activations with them. The whiteboard daily is that official it is now it's, uh, it's, it's official that we'll be doing something with carl it's not official that he'll be there just yet yeah, working that out so, but um, um yeah if you guys want to learn more um yeah chris will be there i'll <laughs> tell you what conjugate means yeah um, happy, happy, yeah happy to chat, chat it means time. i'll help you out it extra sloppy it means to bring together and, and to there bring you know, together <laughs> and, so but check out the conjugate nation podcast and what would be like one other avenue you would recommend chris to learn more if it's a trainer's i would uh start with the west side barbell books what about yeah, somebody they, that's like i'm in and i want to just well first of all if it, can somebody hop on what i'm using for to to do yeah. your programming yeah and that i mean that'll be up for sale here yeah soon and that'll Quick. be under the rubicon crossfit umbrella yeah. so you yep. could search that on sugarwad but yeah if you um, want to hit me up on uh like yeah you can uh, direct message me on Rubicon CrossFit and uh, yeah, I can get you access to that now. Like I probably won't. Uh, I'm trying to get a bunch of videos on the backside done before I start, you know, just I mean, let I see it out. Improving time, you know, every day. Yeah. So yeah. the videos are the big things. I'm working with a company that's going to help just get the video set. So like does that, that way I'm just not answering a ton of questions on all the videos so I can just kind of create a video library because, you know, that stuff, there's this weird little tweaks to things. So yeah, um, that, that's the time I search it's Matt Chan doing something. I always oh yeah. Nice. Matt Chan always comes up. Okay, um, cool. That's but I, I think that was the I've learned so much just by doing. Like if you truly disappeared, I'd be like, all right, I kind of have an idea of how to put this puzzle together. Yeah. You know? And Good. I think that that's 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 the best way to do it. But yeah, check out what Chris recommended, check out the podcast, and if you're at the games. I Speaking of the games, breaking Chris, news, early oh. release of the documentary just dropped. Like literally one minute ago. Which documentary? The mid state. Magic of Mid-State? Mm, everybody should go watch that as well uh, on our YouTube channel uh, for Best Hour of Their Day. No, but for the uh, the games documentary from last year. Cool. I'll definitely check that out. But yeah, if you guys are watching this, before you log out of YouTube or whatever you do, go to our Best Hour. Of the, you're already on it, actually, right? The Magic of Mid-State. Cody, you, Nate especially, uh, crushed it. CrossFit shared it. CrossFit Training, I saw uh, you posted, shared it. So um Check that out. It's a great documentary about one of our affiliates. Yeah, I think it'll be on Morning Chocolate this week too. Um, over in um, where the, what, what part of California are they from? They're like uh, North Central, I guess. Kind of is probably like the most. Uh, California is basically the whole entire West Coast. But, but and, and we uh, got to see Brian and, and Gabby this past weekend. We had an amazing mastermind event here in Denver. So uh, be on the lookout for more information from that. Chris, I truly appreciate you coming on. I truly appreciate what you're doing because, you know, as I'm getting older, kids, life, you know, partners that don't support me as much as I'd like, uh, you know, you, you've, it's kept on me, purpose. <laughs> you've kept me, you've kept me motivated. And now my only goal in life is to stay stronger than Fern. So. Well, yeah. now I'm going to, I'm going to go sign up for Chris. I'm program, not, right? I'm not worried about <laughs> you training more than once a week. Fern, so. um, awesome. Well, thanks for having me on guys. And yeah, appreciate, yeah, appreciate all the it, work brother. you guys do for the community. Like, yeah, it's a, it's a great service. Thank you. Thanks, Chris. Yeah.